understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Face Podcast. It is your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and I am doing something I have not done in far too long. It's been way too long since we just kicked it together for a solo episode. I can tell it's been a while because this used to be the place I felt the most at home. Um, But sitting in front of this microphone by myself actually feels crazy odd. Um, But I know I got something to say today. So I want to talk to you about coming to the end of a season uh, so that you can really unbecome when that sense of self is really in check and you are unbecoming to kind of crack open a new one. And I'm talking about a whole new one. We've talked about this before the death of her, right? I spent a year and a half allowing and killing off a version of me that I have been for, I would say 30 years, like unbecoming this woman, fighting the resistance and allowing her, allowing myself to let her go. And and relate, honor, and disregard or dismantle every pattern that I was attached to for those years has been a whole nother journey in itself. That has been the the year and a half of unbecoming, right? But um, the other part of that unbecoming and the situations that I had put myself in yielded a season of something that I think we all know too well, right? Fight or flight. And if I were honest, I've probably been in fight or flight my whole life. Probably most of us have. I'm not a therapist, um, but I know I've been in fight or flight for a good long period of my life. And I could definitely say the last year and a half, it was turned up a notch. It was hustle, hustle, go, go. And I'm, I'll tell you what, um, survive is one thing I know how to do. And I'm sure you do too. It's almost where my baseline is. It's almost the only place I feel like I belong. It's almost the only place where um, I can guarantee validating my own worthiness, right? Because I can do this, watch me. I don't get anxious about the future like I do now, but I didn't. And it was like, you think I can't do that? Watch me. I think I can't do that? I'll fool myself. Watch me. Um, That is a fucking place I know how to show up in. And what's crazy is it worked. Guys, it worked. I went through a transformational season, one of the hardest seasons of my life last year. I took you guys on that journey with me. If you haven't, go go back and listen to some of those episodes, um, mid to late 2021. But fast forward, when we entered 2022, I said, no more. The war on myself ends now. The war on my emotions ends now. I'm going to (laughs) bring, please laugh in the background because I said that, but that's not what actually happened. Um, I said, okay, 
I'm going to, I'm going to force myself into a new season. I'm going to level up. I'm going to show up for myself in a different way. I'm going to take my business to the next level. I'm going to frame my focus around my business and my voice and my success. And I know all these successful people and I'm going to bring them on here to give you the blueprint. And we're going to grow our businesses and grow ourselves together. I've done enough emotional deep diving for all of us. So um, not that I'm, I'm going to stop, but I'm going to take my foot off of the gas because it felt like it was 120 hit on the floor, right? And I'm going to put it on autopilot. So going into, I was in the middle of the episode, by the way. So y'all, y'all can come in. Um, so January, I finally said, that's it. Enough of the war on myself, right? Enough of the war on my emotions, enough of the conscious choice, not saying I was right, but enough of the conscious choice that I'm going to continuously put myself in a situation that feels like I keep stirring up the dust. And so I said, I'm going to start a new season. I'm going to lead it through my podcast. I'm going to stop talking about the things that hurt me. I'm going to affirm my way to positivity. I'm going to bring on guests, all these incredible women that I know that have the blueprint. I have all these successful friends and we're going to all level up together. And I'm going to level my way into I don't know, for like lack of a better word, it's like a bad bitch season. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to level my way into everything I deserve and get pull myself out of this space, right? Um, thank you. And y'all, I'll be damned. I did. It worked. Temporarily. And this is what we know how to do, right? When we get in that fight or flight mode, when we get in that hustle mode, when we get to uh, that foundation that we know to be true, that where we've lived for so long, we can show up. I took my foot off the gas with the therapy and the exploration and the uh, uncovering and unlearning and deep diving into a lot of my traumas and my wounds and my patterns and my attachments and my like deep deep rooted trauma. And I said, okay, I'm not going to stop, but I'm definitely going to put this thing on autopilot because it's wearing me down. Question. Seriously. How many times do we typically stop the thing, stop the train, stop the efforts when we are like, you've seen that, you've seen that meme online, right? Where he's like digging for gold. And it's like, he's like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I quit. And it's like a half an inch on the other side is like the gold. And I was like, this healing journey, for lack of a better words, which I really think healing is an umbrella word, but this healing journey is taking up my life. It's exhausting. It's taking away from my business. My, I'm not getting new clients. I'm not growing. I'm not excelling. I'm not being validated other than this person that is just on this healing journey and sharing it with the world. Um, So I'm just going to put that on autopilot and I'm going to come out and I'm just giving y'all some personality with this, but I'm like, I'm going to come out and remind myself through interviews and connections and networking and avoiding the thing that I got this and I'm that I'm, I'm the, I'm a boss. I can do this right. Coming from the person that has said for the longest that we can be 
bosses and broken at the same time. Right. Um, and it worked. It did. It worked temporarily. I did that in January, January and February. I had the most profitable months, January, February, March. I had the most profitable months I've ever had in my business. And I'll be honest, I actually think I did the least work. Um, now you could attribute that to seasons. Um, when by nature, my, the business I'm in actually the most profitable months are usually November and December, but we didn't, it could have been a new trend, but really when I said I was going to take my foot off the gas of the healing and do put the healing on autopilot and really focus on myself, it worked. It did. I put everything, hear me when I use this phrase, I put everything to bed everything that I was dealing with emotionally, I tucked it in. Actually, I tucked it in a box. I folded it with a blanket. I put a bo- uh, top on it. I probably went as far as taping the box and I tucked the box under my bed. And I was like, holler at you in 10 years. Not right now. Right. Tucked it under my bed. And I was like, back to the grind, bitch, back to the grind. And I did that and it worked. January, February, March, most profitable months in my business ever, ever. But, oh, wait, there's more. So not only my most profitable months, but things years before that, that I had worked to manifest were coming true. Wild shit was coming true in the midst of some of my most painful seasons, 2021, I had opportunities come across my lap that I was like, God, is that you? Like, is that you? Stuff. Let me, let me tell you something about manifestation. There's a lot of, and faith. There's a lot of definitions out there. I'm not, I'm not a seasoned healer. So let me be very clear when I say this, that this is not the correct one, but it's mine. If you see it visually, in your spirit and your soul, you see yourself doing something physically in your mind that you have not actually done. That means it is for you. It is simply a matter of time and belief. And I'd seen myself in my spirit working with these people. It just had not conceptualized yet. But one thing I know about God is he, he can, can, he can give, he has, he has on trend given me more than I could ever conceptualize. Period. Anything I have, he'd be like, <laughs> let me give you something better. <laughs> that was a little jokey joke. Let me give you something better. Um, and he always has. So latter, April, May. Oh my God. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't on fire and you couldn't tell me that the four years of work that I had put in was finally bringing me the life that I thought I always desired, the clientele that I always desired. And let's be really egotistical for a minute. People could finally see me. I know y'all could see me. Y'all could see me, right? But my audience could see me because I've been pouring into y'all for four and a half years. But people could see me like I was getting reached out by articles and news channels and major social influencers that I had looked up to. And not only were they saying, I see you, they were following me and they were saying, how can I work with you? I love your energy. I love what you're doing. You're just different. 
that should be like the pinnacle, right? (laughs) And it was. And I was like, man, five months in, if that's all I had to do, if all I had to do was put this shit in a box and put it to rest, put it to bed, I would have done that a long time ago. I would have done that a long time ago. Maybe all these people that avoid healing and avoid their feelings were right. Maybe masculine energy was what I needed the whole time. Maybe that's where I live. Because when I finally did, let me be clear, when I was deep diving into these feelings, there wasn't a lot, a whole lot of, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't creating a lot of business. I was creating a lot of fans. I wasn't creating a lot of business. I was creating a lot of impact. I wasn't generating a lot of business, if that makes sense. So I was impacting a lot of lives by being honest and vulnerable. I was clearing a lot of dirt and mud in my soul, but it wasn't generating a lot of business. I got to be honest. And so there was a point where I said, okay, that's simply because I framed my focus around my trauma, my healing, right? Not my business. So when I tucked it all to bed, five months of positive outcomes, financial results, and being seen and heard by the, the people I once admired, it, that's the key. That must be it. I keep looking at the wrong camera. That's the key. That must be it. But there's something really funny. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but there's something really funny about the God that I serve. Um, he knows that I'm hardheaded. He knows. And for the life that I'm supposed to live, he's not going to let me get off scot-free like that. So if the lesson, and there's a few, but if the lesson was for me to learn to be present, if the lesson was for me to learn true unfathomable, authentic forgiveness, if the lesson was for me to show up for myself unapologetically, if the lesson was for me in this season to learn how to love myself when nobody else does, if the lesson was for me to stop mismanaging money, if the lesson was for me to impact people in an authentic way, whatever the lesson was, because trust me, when I tell you there's a few, if I didn't learn it, your boy was going to drag me back. So you fast forward to what I felt like all my dreams being met. And I found myself one day, there's a difference. I've been burnt out before. Let me be clear. I've been burned out. That happened in this season too. I've been burned out. Burnt out to the level of like, I couldn't feel shit. Presence, joy, and other things. Like none of the things that used to refill my cup or recharge my cup felt normal anymore. But then there's a new feeling, right? And you know something's wrong. Tell me in the... Tell me in the chat if you can resonate with this. You know something's wrong 
when everything you prayed for, begged for, dreamt for at night comes true. And it doesn't feel the same anymore. It did feel great once. It felt incredible, but it doesn't feel the same anymore. When when you suffer from anxiety more than you suffer from joy, I mean, when you feel joy, you suffer from anxiety more than you feel joy. When you lack presence because you feel anxious. When there's nothing or no one, no one's validation you can be met with that can change the way you see yourself. And when in your most when in your most silent, silent moments, you know, you're not there yet. And when you know the work, the place, the role you play is everything you prayed for, but you find yourself avoiding it all. Some people would call that imposter syndrome. Some people would call that self-sabotage. Um, You also avoid shit when you're depressed. So I say all of that to say that I found myself on a repeated cycle. Now, let me be clear again. I'm not a healer. So if I am explaining this and you feel like you can read me to the T, Congratulations. I found myself on a repeated cycle again. Six months before, I did the exact same thing in a different way. I hustled my way through my pain, so much so that I won freaking awards for it, y'all. I won awards for it. First, first. First year to hit six figures in her business. Podcaster of the year. I won awards for it. I did the things. I was in magazines. I was met income goals. I never thought I could. Couldn't feel shit. Couldn't feel shit. And then I said, okay, well, maybe it's because I need to get out of my feelings. Actually, that was the opinion of a lot of people. I said, maybe I need to get out of my feelings. And people were like, you really need to show up as who you really are because you really are a boss. And I did that and it worked for the short cycle that I could handle it, which was six months, not even five. It was five months. And I found myself recently a little bit different, not where I can't feel anything, but anxious, avoidant, uncertain, lacking clarity, which is wild because how do you lack clarity? How do you lack clarity when you're given on a silver platter everything that you ever prayed for? This is vulnerable as fuck, y'all. But I'm giving you this because I know I'm not the only one going through this. I know I'm not. 
the beauty is, is this could be the light at the end of the tunnel. This could also be the unbecoming and the breaking that I avoided the first two times. Because you could be on an incredible path, right? Just like the big leap says, you could be on an incredible path. You could be in your zone of excellence, things that people praise you for and applaud you for and come naturally to you, but it may not be the path that you're supposed to be on. And very few people will ever find themselves there. And it's in their true zone of genius, right? And like I said, the God I'm positioned for, the God I serve, he will not let me play in the wrong lane. He will not let me move forward, press go, hit the corner and go stage left until I learn this lesson. And the more I try to put it to bed, the more it comes up. And so I wanted so bad to wrap up this season about learning how you can be broken in a boss. You can. You, you, you can cross these six and seven figure marks. You can network with incredible human beings. You can also grow, heal, and learn about yourself and move on and become the best version of yourself and expand and all the things. And I did all of that. <laughs> but what actually happened was I did all of that. And then it came full circle and said, you're not ready to move on yet. You've got more work to do. And I'm going to say this. And I heard Brene Brown say it. <sighs> I heard Brene Brown say it and it was the most powerful thing I heard because it felt like the clearest version of our explanation of vulnerability I've ever heard. Not quoting that this is what vulnerability means, but she said vulnerability often feels like we're choosing to give someone something that we know they can weaponize against us, but we're deciding anyway, we don't really care if they choose to weaponize it against us. So I'm going to give you something very vulnerably that somebody could use against me, but it's not for them. It's for you. Doing this cycle on repeat two times now, almost three, learning that I can do some healing work, hustle through my feelings. Well, do a lot of healing work. I'm not going to lie. I've actually done the most. Um, not the most, like not more than anyone, but the most. <laughs> I have done everything from hypnosis to Reiki to EDMR to spiritual work to intuitive work to um, therapy on therapy on therapy. Like I've done the things, right? Um, sound, sound baths, you name it. I've done it. <laughs> um, retreats, long ones. And doing this cycle on repeat twice only made me realize one thing, maybe two. I'm not all the way okay. To be honest, most people aren't. And just like a car, first the light's going to come on, which means you need to address this. <laughs> and then you avoid it like all of us do, women, us, we avoid it <laughs> until a man takes care of it or someone steps in with more knowledge than us and takes care of it, or it becomes a real problem. And then 
if we're not so lucky, we end up somewhere where the car stalls or there's smoke coming out from the hood when you start it one day when you're in the middle of nowhere and you have no one to call. And at that point, you're like, I have to take this baby in, right? And then what do we do? We go to the shop and they're like, hey, now don't judge me. I don't know cars, right? But we take it in and they're like, hey, you need a whole new this and it's $3,000. But right now you could get home if you just replace the this and it's $300. And we're like, slap that $300 thing on there. When I get home and make more money, I will fix the big thing, right? And then we don't, we go back and we hustle through life and life happens and we get back to all the things that we think matter. And when we, we think we'll address it when it, when we can, but we don't address it when we can, we address it when we must. And so then the thing happens again and the mechanic's like, well, there's nothing you can do. You're either going to have to get rid of the car or you have to do this thing now. And I feel like in these repeated patterns, it's crazy because I thought I was doing the hard thing. I thought I was hustling through the mess. I was doing the healing work. Then it wasn't, then it felt good for a little bit. And then I was like, okay, let me hustle my way through this. Let me now get back to the moneymaker. Let me now get back to impact. Let me now get back to the things that get me where I'm actually trying to go, right? Hold that thought where I'm actually trying to go. Um, And these patterns said, you're avoiding the real soul healing. Your soul is screaming at you for a book of reasons, right? A book of reasons. But if you keep avoiding true, deep healing, you won't be able to function anymore. Eventually, your body's going to shut down. Eventually, your spirit's going to say no more. Eventually, you can't avoid this anymore. Because it's going to change who you are. Just like when you ride in a car and you could tell somebody ain't maintained it for a hot minute. It used to be your Mercedes, not rides like shit because they didn't take care of it. Like these are long-term effects of avoiding rooted, like things we have to do at the root to change the work that we avoid, the work that we don't want to do. And when I say soul healing, I'm talking about the shit that most won't do beyond forgiveness. Letting go, meeting anxiety where it is. Not just forgive, but forget. Like not just uncovering those wounds, but like really digging them shits up, 
honoring why you are the way you are, seeing your shadows for what they really are, deciding whether or not you need to integrate with them or you need to master them. Are they a part of who you are? Are they going to be a part of who you are forever? Are you okay with them? Are you going to keep pretending like they're not there? Are you going to say, okay, I'll take this. This can sit, this can sit in the front seat with me. I'll buckle you in and you, you need to get the fuck out. I'm going to master this. I'm going to make sure this is no longer a part of my life. But that all comes with deep, deep acceptance. In those, those two six-month patterns, I was like, okay, you know what? I can't ignore anymore. I'm not all the way okay. I'm not all the way okay. I read something in a book recently that it was so simple, but it was, um, it was riveting for me. It was like, the reality is, it's true healing never occurs until it's on the soul level. And it was really cool because it explains soul. People use the word mindfulness, but soul is just on that deep, deep level. Sorry. Um, And it said, when you're in a really healthy place on a soul level, life is in flow. It's abundant. It's love. It's trust is easy. Confidence is easy. Um, Connection is abundant. It's just things are just in flow. Peace is often. And it said, when you're when you have unhealthy wounds that you haven't met on a soul level yet, you life will feel erratic. You'll be met with betrayal often. Love will feel frozen. Trust will feel seldom. Peace will feel untouchable. And I don't know about y'all, but when I read that, I was like, shit, that's my life right now. And uh, I realize it's because it doesn't matter how much work I do. I've done, and like I said, breath work. Um, your girl's got a book full of journaling that I journal every day, all day. And uh, it wasn't, I am not okay on a soul level. There's parts of me that I have not healed that keep roaring their ugly head. All I can do is last about six months in my hustle. And then it comes right back to bite me in the ass. And that's nobody's fault fault but my own. And so recently for the first time ever, I was like, okay, (laughs) I see you. What the fuck do I do about this? what do I do? And I know it's bad because it's starting to show up in my body. If you don't know anything about the tie connection between your mind, your soul, and your physical body, your body will actually tell you before it gets too bad. And I started twitching five months ago in two different places, but really bad in my thumb. Like it goes crazy while I'm talking. And now it doesn't matter what physical therapist, what massages I get. My back hurts all the fucking time. 
side note, I went to a spiritual hypnotist that did a uh, five-hour hypnosis on me. Long story. And shout out to Moira and Michelle. And uh, she put me in a trance and she straight up asked me where my body hurt. And I said, my back. Did I reference emotion code? Read the book, emotion code. Um, it's a book of reference, not a book to read. And um, it, she, I said my back and in a trance, she was like, so what is it? She literally asked my back to tell me what the pain was from. And with little thought, my mouth said, um, my inability to forgive. And it was one of my, my parents. It was the shame around something I was feeling around one of my parents. Not shame. Um, long story. So it's showing up in my physical body. And so I said, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Because I'm giving people advice to do the things that I do and it's working for them. And it's not even working for me. I was at a restaurant the other day and a girl messaged me, shout out to, shout out to her. Um, she knows who she is. I ran into her at a restaurant the other day and she messaged me on Instagram and said, Hey, I see you. I've got to say hi to you. I listen to your show all the time. She comes up to me. She gives me a hug. She's like, life's great. I'm engaged now. I just wanted to say, thank you. This is so much in part to you in my head. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How sway? Cause your girl's single AF. And she's like, cause I listened to your podcast on end when you went through that season of transformation and you shared all those healers. And I went and did everything you said to do. I got a hypnotist. I journaled. I did some workshops. I met with this one woman and she said, I released a lot of childhood stuff. And she was like, and after I did all of that, six weeks later, I met my fiance. We've been together a year and a half and he just proposed. She was like, and I swear to God, it's because I did what you said to do. And y'all, all I could think in my head was, so you've been telling people what to do and they doing it and it works, but it don't work for you. So what that really means is the work works. You won't let the work work for you. So what in your soul are you choosing to not deal with? What are you resisting? What in your soul are you avoiding addressing? What in your soul are you avoiding healing? What in your soul are you omitting or lying to yourself about? Because there is absolutely 100% something because it will not stop coming up in your life. It will not stop showing up in your body. And basically it's fucking arguing with you on the regular about whatever you have forced yourself to believe to be your truth is not necessarily the truth or vice versa. So here's where I'm at. And then I'm going to close this with something of no irony that I read in my own journal today, which was what made me pull this mic out and record a podcast with you guys. All I could think of was maybe this is an alignment. Maybe this is the end of a chapter. I have preached on N about letting her go, the death of her, but been resistant to what it actually takes. Because the true death of her would require not only a death, right? But a restoration, a rebirth. And rebirth means brand new, all new, right? 
So what does all new her look like? That would mean new habits, new everything. And I haven't quite committed to redeveloping any of that. And guess what else I haven't committed to? I haven't committed to the restoration phase. Restoration meaning rest. You get surgery, it doesn't fully heal unless you sit your ass down and rest. I haven't even committed to that. I've done all the work and then hit the ground running. I used to have the audacity to think it was powerful that I could do a five-hour hypnosis session and then work for five hours after that. When every single healer always told me, you're going to have a tough day today. You're going to have to sit still today. You might be in your feelings for a couple of days. Don't plan a lot of work. And I was like, I got this, babe. I got this. Never, rarely, long enough have I allowed myself that restoration phase, which to me is between the death and the rebirth is restoration. Rest. And so I said, okay, if I'm not meeting the soul healing at the level that I need to be at, What's missing? Rest. True reflection. Honoring all of my feelings. Better habits. But if I was going to create a new identity, I would need to gut the old one first. Right? So if I was going to go in a home and say, this is cute. The foundation's there. The shell is nice. The roof works. But I don't want this to be two floors. I actually want it to be three. I don't want the master bedroom to be upstairs. I want it to be downstairs. And I want it to be three times the size. In order for me to create a completely new floor plan for this house, I would need to gut the entire thing all the way down to its foundation to see what I'm working with at its base. And I'm not in real estate. I don't know shit about what I'm saying right now. But I would need to see it at its foundation, at its bare minimum, back to the basics. What am I working with? Down to the design, what do I have available to me? And what can I rebuild? What needs to be restored? What can I relearn? What needs to be thrown out, sifted through, and ditched? And what can I recreate? What needs to be replaced? That part. And so, A few things came to mind. It's so simple. But when you get silent, you hear a lot. Silence, stillness, it speaks. And I realized I hadn't done that. Because we can get really, really uncomfortable in that. And so... I decided I'm going to take a couple weeks to myself in real silence because I don't have a choice because everything else in my resistance and my body and my being has been making me feel unaligned, avoid work, avoid pleasure, avoid things. And then I just lash out at some point. 
I got to get back to me or get back to recreating me. So what does this look like? Stillness, real stillness, no distractions. So I found a place to go where I feel safe, loved. I can be held to minimal responsibility and I can be with myself. I need time for clarity. I need time for connection with myself. I need time for fucking rest, real rest. I'm not talking about good naps. Real, thoughtless, agendaless days. Real rest. I need space for that. I need to drown out the noise. I needed to drown out the noise. And I'm not just talking about what other people are saying. I'm not just talking about judgment. I'm talking about the noise. Social media, the fight to stay relevant, being at the top, doing what everyone else is doing, like the new next best thing. Accepting and learning that if I'm quiet for two weeks, bet my business won't die. Bet bet I won't lose my social following. I'll lose a few. It's fine. I won't live under a bridge if I'm quiet for two weeks. But here was the last and most important one. And I might say some shit that is going to make a lot of people happy and it's going to trigger a few others. But this is for me and me only and anyone who resonates with it. I can't stop hearing that in your will, things end up undone. In your will, Jessica, things end up undone. Meaning you have tried for a year and a half with the prettiest shovel, the best financial backing, and probably the best you could find to dig up, retrieve, and glue back together the broken parts of you. And I can clear as day now admit and say, I can't do it by myself. I can hustle it for six months. I can do it for five months. I can act like it for half a year. But full circle, it bites me every time. It doesn't last. It's temporary. It's just like me gluing something together that breaks in this kitchen right now. It will only hold together for so long because it is not in its original state. And eventually it's going to fall apart because whatever I have to put it back together is not good enough. What I'm really saying is I've got to surrender this to God. I have to, and you may have to too. I don't know your life. I don't know your situation. I don't know your circumstance. But if you're feeling stuck like me and you're realizing your patterns, it's bigger than you. It might be time to surrender it to God. So I'm going to wrap with this because I got five more minutes because I'm still a single mom, y'all. I've been sitting in this and obsessing with the idea that I don't have to know what's going on. like. Feeling uncertain and uneasy and anxious is okay. Like, and you don't have to have the answer. 
and allowing yourself to be still and just kind of operate in it sucks, but just feel the feeling because it's okay. Um, and so today when I was about to sit down and do some work, which there's a whole nother story behind this journal. This is the journal I've been writing in for two and a half years that I'm holding in my hands. And I lost it when I flew to Arizona, I left it on the plane. And I was so sad because anyone I've opened this to and let read it is like, oh my God, you have to publish this shit one day. It's crazy. And I have believed that I've really wanted to do that. And um, because I write everything in here, you guys know my journal. It's not just journal entries. I write letters to God. If I, if I find really cool prompts, I write in here. I write what I call my perfect day. If I don't feel like just writing to myself, I write my gratitude or I write my perfect day. I pick a random day, six months, eight months, a year from now. And I just write every, every detail of a perfect day. Like I write all types of stuff in this journal. And everyone's like, you got to publish this. This is book worthy. And I lost it. Elephant on a plane. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to see that shit again. And like, I almost cried because I had like an emotional attachment for sure for me. And um, anyway, I had my friend's assistant call the airlines and literally they sent it to me in a week. They found it. Craziest shit ever. I left in the backseat pocket of a plane. So anyway, no mistake. So I pull, I sit down to get the rest of my work done today before I have to go pick up my son. And I see the notebook sitting in the corner. And I'm like, God, just bring me something, (laughs) something that makes all of this worth, like all of this lack of clarity. Just give me a little sign that like the end of the tunnel, like the end of the tunnel is coming. Give me something. And I literally just opened this thing up like at random, just like someone would open a random section in their Bible. And here's what I opened up to something that I wrote on January 6th, 2022. And this is the only journal entry of its kind. I've never written anything like this in here because I remember the prompt when it came up and I was like, Ooh, that's different. And it was, I had read somewhere instead of writing a letter to God, write a letter to yourself from God, what would God say to you right now? And so I wrote my letter. I wrote this to myself in this journal only one time, a letter from God to me. And that's what I opened up to. And I'm going to close this episode by reading this to you because there's no irony on planet earth that I open this to this. You need to hear what it says. Someone may need to hear what this says. It says, dear Jessica, my dear Jessica, where have you been? I gave you, a sh- I gave you a son to show you my love for you. I saved you from burning situations and better yet, I saved you from yourself. Do you still not acknowledge me? Was that not enough for you to see me? Look deeper, my dear. For Jessica, in parentheses, is simply a, a version of you that this world only gets to see, the only part of you that you believe exists. However, your ancestor, you are your ancestor's favorite story. They've got your back as you stand up for yourself and others. They watch you in awe and send healing over your heart. But based on your lineage, they already know the outcome of your story. You're breaking generational curses, my love. So this will not be easy. It actually makes so almost everything is a little more difficult for you. There's a beast coming. 
something that will stack all the odds against you one day. A time is still coming that's going to make you feel like life is impossible. Lean on me for understanding in this time. Surrender it to me fully. It's an opportunity for us to get acquainted. Don't look at it as anything else. And it's a space for me to remind you how strong your faith in me actually is. I'm holding you right now. Find love and safety in me without overthinking it. Know that your spirit, mind, and body, I am present in all three. Love God. So I don't know who needed to hear this today, but the premise of my podcast has always been sharing with you what I need. And that is what I needed today was to know that six months ago, I wrote a letter to myself from God, fully surrendered without overthinking what it said. I just wrote, not knowing that six months from that day, I would need to hear it. Because this cyclical cycle that I'm in, and you might be in too, may just be a gentle reminder that we're not supposed to be able to do it all along, all alone, all along. And that's why this feels so difficult because it's not supposed to be this way. So hopefully it's the end of a season for you and the beginning of a better one an opportunity to recreate, redefine, and restore your mind, body, and spirit. Because I will tell you this from experience and the people that I've been around at length. When you allow yourself to evolve your mind, body, and spirit, you will effortlessly increase your income, your peace, and the people you're around. So... I hope this was as powerful for you, whether it was just the side of acknowledgement, acceptance, or the letter as it was for me. I'm sending y'all so much love, Stranded Family. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.